0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Representative Stephen Bloom is here with us. He is in the 199th Legislative District now in Pennsylvania in in the House of Representatives, but he would like to... Uh, take a a shot at replacing Lou Barletta in the 11th Congressional District. That's a U.S. congressional seat. It's so good of you to come in. Uh, You do represent the 199th legislative district right now in Pennsylvania, but you have decided that perhaps your aspirations lie elsewhere. And uh, I'd I'd like to, first of all, welcome, and and thanks for coming in. Thank you. We appreciate uh, personal visits by individuals who are running for office, and you're running... In the 11th Congressional District, because Lou Barletta has decided he'd like to run for Senate. So it's a game of musical chairs.
0: It really is. It really is. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing right now. I feel like I'm making a positive difference in Harrisburg, fighting for the taxpayers. I've been doing it for about seven years now, and it's been a great honor. I, it's, it's been the most humbling experience of my life, the most challenging experience of my life. But I feel like I have made a difference. But when I heard that Lou was going to run for, for higher office, to run for Senate, and I knew the congressional district was about to open up, my wife and I talked, we prayed, we talked to other trusted folks in our lives, and and we decided that, yes, I, essentially I feel like I have a duty to, to try for this because we need someone who's willing to stand up, who has a track record of being a conservative, who's willing to stand up against the pressure to actually vote for and, and advance our conservative values. We have this... This once in a lifetime opportunity. We have a Republican president, a Republican House, a Republican Senate, but yet we have this cowardly Congress that won't do anything. And I'm afraid we're going to waste it. so i want to I'm asking folks for for their consideration because I feel like that's something I've got a track record of doing for the last seven years as a state rep is working hard to get the conservative agenda enacted.
1: ok, so who is Steve Bloom?
0: Steve Bloom. I am a a dad. I am also older than I look, so I have three grown children and three little grandsons. Um, Fifty-five years old, turning. Were you, were you a child groom or what? No, no, no. No. Normal age. I just look young, so I, I was. Uh, I'll be 56 in October, and. Uh, by trade, I'm, a, I'm an attorney. I went to law school. I practiced law, though, on what I call the constructive side of law, not suing people, not making life miserable for people, but working with small businesses, with farmers, with folks trying to plan uh, how they can make a positive difference. And that's really what what drove me to becoming a very conservative Republican, seeing how government was, instead of being helpful or even neutral, government was actually in the way of people who were trying to start a business, grow a business, grow investments and in, in create jobs. And I saw that and I'm thinking, my goodness, what, what's wrong with this country? And I realized that we need smaller government, not, not bigger, not, not more government. And so that pushed me. I also, in my 20s, became a, a Christian believer. And that really turned my thinking on some of the issues like the, the issue of life in the womb. And I became very strongly pro-life, which I still am. Uh, all this time later, I, I just strongly believe in in the the right of innocent unborn children to live, and so those are kind of the core conservative values that, that came up in me, uh, really from observation in society and seeing how the world really works. And I saw that Democrat policies tend to hurt and keep people trapped in dependency, and that that conservative policies, Republican policies, are are beneficial to, to free society, to to allow free enterprise to do what it does and create jobs and lift people permanently from poverty to prosperity on a large scale. That's been the success story of our country over over the centuries. And I want to continue that because I'm so fearful that we're losing that now.
1: When you decided to run for state rep, what was your concern? Why did you go to Harrisburg? And and what do you think your, your biggest accomplishments have been so far?
0: It, it's funny. The reason that I decided to get on the field and get off the yeah. sideline in terms of politics was I can tell you that the name of the gentleman, Barack Obama, I just couldn't stand it. I, I was exasperated with uh, the fact that 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 he had been elected because of his agenda his radical liberal agenda his radical socialist agenda i was very troubled by what he was trying to do to the health care system with with un- unrolling or uh, uh, unveiling the obamacare legislation at that time and pushing for that takeover of the health system and i was fearful of what that would do to to people who needed help and and i was correct in my fears i mean we've seen it people can't afford the premiums they can't afford the deductibles it's killing people and it's it's crushing them financially. I, I um, so I said, you know, I've got to do something. And so I ran for State House. It was the the only thing I could do at that point, and I got elected. It was a seven-way primary against some very entrenched politicians, people who had professional help and all this. And I had a couple of college kids and a bunch of volunteers that ran my campaign and we we managed to win that thing. And as as a rep, Again, it's been a battle. I don't win every battle I'm in, but I've been fighting hard. I think my biggest victories were I had a bill that ended the Pennsylvania death tax on family farms that were being passed on to members of the same family, brothers, sisters, children, uh, that sort of thing. And that, that got enacted into law. And then the next session I had a similar bill for mom-and-pop shops, small businesses, to prevent them from being put out of business for the next generation by the death tax. Um, I had the, the PA Preferred program was my very first bill. And that's a statewide program that helps us identify our, our, our quality Pennsylvania agricultural products so that we can, our farmers can survive. They can they can make more money. People look for that PA preferred label. And that was a bill I, I introduced and got passed in back in uh, 2011, my very first bill. So I, I feel like the other big successes I've had have been often fighting against, in particular, higher taxes, higher spending. Those are hard victories to quantify because... Pennsylvania is still the 15th highest tax state. So when you're fighting against taxes and you don't want to make it worse and you win, it's still frustrating because we need to make our taxes lower. But at least I've had some ability to really affect the the, the stopping of some of these crazy ideas promoted by, in particular right now, Governor Wolf and his team. They're constantly pushing to raise taxes. But even under uh, Governor Corbett, who was a fellow Republican, he had that massive gasoline tax increase that, A lot of Republicans went along with but I fought that thing tooth and nail. We almost stopped it. We stopped it on the first vote, but then they called for a second vote two days later, and they got it passed barely. But, you know, I I fought with everything I had to stop that because our people cannot afford more taxes.
1: You know, a a bone of contention with me and, and some of the people who live in our region, Steve, is, and this might not be as impactful where you come from, but it is where we live. The burden of, of property taxes to fund schools, where do you stand on that? Oh, my
0: goodness. Yeah, it's it's a problem throughout the, the entire 11th District uh, from you know, way down in Carmelin County to all the way up in Wyoming County. It's it's an issue especially affecting the senior citizens, people on, on fixed incomes who bought a house. They thought they were being frugal. They thought they had a place to live for the rest of their lives. And then they find that they can't pay the ever-increasing tax bill. And their income's not going up, but the bill is. Uh, the big driving factor of that is... is is. The, the cost of public education in this state, uh, we have, we've uh, very generously contributed to that on the state level. It's, it's literally one of the two biggest pieces of our budget every year is funding public education, and rightfully so. They, they, they ought to be funded. We need good schools. But the benefits, the pension costs, and so forth of, of the teachers and the administrative staff, we have, we have 500 separate school districts in Pennsylvania. Most states have countywide school districts. So we have all these extra superintendents and assistant superintendents and business officers and people making a lot of money. So the cost of public education and the way we're handling it has driven the, 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 the need for these property tax increases. And then the fact that we don't have a, a, a standard state process to prevent some school districts from from drastically raising their taxes and others from not. A lot of school districts in some of the areas of the state that aren't growing have this hold harmless where they get the same amount of money from the state no matter what, even if they're losing student population, while growing areas aren't. And so the growing areas get penalized. Uh, Bad stuff. Uh, I've supported the um, Property Tax Independence Act, uh, School Property Tax Independence Act. Uh, I voted for it when it came up back in, uh, I think it was last session that actually came up for a vote but it didn't make it through the house and then it got defeated in the session in the Senate the next session but I mean, certainly we need we need to shift that uh, burden from the property tax owners to to a more broad sense of, of taxpayers across the state not just people who happen to own property.
1: We'll go back to Harrisburg and tell everybody to fix that because we're at our wit's end here. Now let's pivot. We're going to pivot to federal issues, obviously. And uh, you you want to go to Washington and, and be part of that. And uh, you don't think that the Congress is doing nearly enough of what they I mean, need look at, to do.
0: Look at Sue. So I mean, the, the Congress didn't isn't even able to repeal Obamacare, which everybody ran on. The president ran on it and all the congressmen and senators who were elected on the Republican side almost without exception ran on that and then they can't do it uh, we need you know border security all these problems with getting the border security done that that the president talked about um, strengthening our military making sure we have a strong ready military with the ample resources to to fight and protect our country um, the, the unfair trade deals whether it be uh, actual trade treaties or just the fact that there are countries like china that subsidize their steel industry for example Huge government subsidies they don't have the same environmental and safety protections our steelmakers have to have and then they bring their steel over here and sell it for dirt cheap crushing the ability of our American steelmakers to to even compete on in the marketplace for the price and killing American jobs we've got to stop that we need to make sure we're, we're not using taxpayer funding to to promote abortion and and and, and fund organizations that are that are all about uh, doing and 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 promoting more abortions and of course we've got to protect our second amendment rights
1: also the the immigration issue is one obviously that we associate with the 11th because of lou barletta sure. Do, are you in agreement with oh, him yeah
0: and lou some... lou i've i've endorsed lou in his in his race for pennsylvania senate and his stance on immigration and, and mine are very similar i absolutely believe in legal immigration all my ancestors ancestors came to this country either one or two generations ago or two or three generations ago through the legal immigration process, that's great. That's the strength of our country. But we've got to follow the law. We can't allow for and reward illegal immigration. That's, that's, if, we're, if we're giving people who get here illegally advantages over those who go through the proper channels, and if we're giving people who get here illegally advantages over American citizens, something is off, and I'm going to fight that. Do
1: you see anything so far in the administration of President Trump that you think is going in the right direction? I mean, a lot of the things we see, they do need desperate fixes. But what's going right? The president
0: himself has been able to take action with executive orders to undo so many of President Obama's terrible executive orders. Uh, We have, for example, uh, in in terms of of, uh, regulations, the EPA they were They were moving forward to this thing called Waters of the United States that would literally regulate the puddles on a farmer's pond and make it a crime for a farmer to to drive his tractor through a puddle and make mud so uh, we worked. Um, that was something we worked on uh, I worked on I worked on with our, our other. US senator Senator toomey he came to my district we talked to a lot of farmers and we couldn't get anything done when when President Obama was in but President Trump undid that what was the United States rule he's done some other things in terms of regulatory reform where the President Obama acted uh, just to using his executive authority and, and so now President Trump is being able to undo a lot of that but not everything can be done through executive order. We do need congressional action on the big things like Obamacare. And if we can't get congressional action when we have this historic, unprecedented chance to make a difference, then something's wrong. And I've, I've called it a cowardly Congress because it's just so frustrating. They won't do what they said they would do.
1: In terms of uh, some of the, the pressing world issues, obviously the president is at the United Nations today speaking about – uh, North Korea, for instance, and, and obviously if you move up into the, the federal level, that will be something that's a little bit more pressing than being in uh, the state house. How do you see what's happening there and, and how far should we go? Because I think that you have a, a, a leader who is dangerous in North Korea, but you have a country that is very weary of, of war. I mean, you're in a, a tough spot as a it's, lawmaker. It's, it's
0: really tough. And you know, it's, it affects me personally because I have a daughter, a uh, 27 year old daughter who lives in Seoul and she's been living there for the last three and a half years. She went over there to teach English in, in the schools in Seoul. And now she's working in, in the publishing industry there. And it worries me because she's right there. And everyone says if, if there's military intervention, the first thing that happens is North Korea rains fire and hell down on the city of Seoul which is only you know thirty minutes, thirty miles away from from North Korea, and so it, it's very worrisome to me just as a dad, and then looking at it uh, for the, the I've been to Korea. I, w- I visited my daughter. We went to the DMZ. We saw where you can stand and look into North Korea, and the hostility that still exists between those two countries, and how close they are to each other, and and they're great allies. I mean, the Korean people, the South Korean people, love Americans. We were treated so kindly over there. And they respect us, and they love us, and they try to learn English because they want to. They want to emulate us, and yet um, you have this this crazy dictator over there who we don't know what he's capable of, and we don't. We can't allow him to send nuclear missiles to the United States, United States territories, or other allies. Uh, so very, very troubling situation.
1: Well, what do you think, though? I mean, what is going to be the point where you think it, it will be go time for the end? What do you think will have to happen?
0: I mean, it could be, a, and I'm not a military right. strategist. I would I would obviously leave that if I were in a position to, to, to generals and actual strategists who know the deal. But, I mean, his 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 nuclear sites may need to be taken out in some fashion. I mean, I don't know how else, you, if you can't get the Chinese and others, other allies to put the pressure on them economically, is some drastic action eventually going to be required? It may be. I'd hate to see it come to that, but you know, we, can't, we can't let him terrorize the world, and we certainly can't let him be firing nuclear missiles at us here in the homeland.
1: We're almost out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity to address something that we haven't addressed that you think is important.
0: Of, of the topics we've talked about so far... Really, the, the, the spirit of you know, what's, what direction is our society headed? I talk to a lot of folks. I've had about 50 town halls in my in my seven years as a state rep. I was just over at McDonald's here, here right across the street from the station, talking to some folks. And I hear the same thing. Um, I asked the one gentleman, uh, his name was Frank. I asked, I asked him if, if he thought things were—and he'd, he'd come to America from another country, from Italy, in fact, uh, in 1960 or thereabouts— I asked him if he thought things were, were better or worse now. And he said the difference now is that he don't think, doesn't think he could have ever started the business he started back in the 60s and been successful like he was today if he came over here to this country because the opportunities just aren't what they used to be. And a lot of that is because too much government regulation, bureaucrats, he called it. And, and I think that's, that's one of the most troubling things to me because we don't have those opportunities for our kids and grandkids that we had. We don't have the opportunities that our, that our parents and grandparents had. And, and that's not the direction we need to head. We need to go the opposite way.
1: Representative Stephen Bloom is here with us. He is in the 199th Legislative District now in Pennsylvania in, in the House of Representatives. But he would like to uh, take a, a shot at replacing Lou Barletta in the 11th Congressional District. That's a U.S. congressional seat. And uh, we appreciate you coming in. I'm sure we'll talk more in the future as this thing unfolds Thank and you. transpires. And,
0: and if I could say, I have a, a website, actnowcongress.org actnowcongress.org and that you can connect with my campaign and find out more information about it. And if I could ask if there's anyone in the area, I don't know this area up here in in the Luzerne County area too well yet. I'm going to be trying. I'll be up here as much as I possibly can. But if you have any listeners who want to meet us outside the station, I have a white Ford F-150 pickup. And I'll be sitting out there for the next half hour, 45 minutes or so. If anyone wants to come by and just show us around a little bit about your hometown, I would love to find out more about the area up here.
1: It's a good way to find out from the people who live here. I think that's a wise idea. Thanks, Steve, for coming. Thank you.